This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. It's been said that people run systems and the systems run their businesses. Thoughts and beliefs run people. It's all about why we do what we do, what we attribute importance to, what drives us, how we frame the decisions we make, how we feel, and how we think. So much of our success in life and in business is about what we believe in our hearts and what's inside our brain. In business, I call this the small biz brain. Small Biz America. The Brain. Our guest on this segment feels that small businesses are either completely unaware or turning a blind eye to the risks relating to merchant cash advances and are also completely in the dark regarding smarter, safer alternative lending options that are available to them. Leslie H. Tain is a consumer and business debt-related attorney. She founded Tain Law Group, PC, which is one of the few New York State law practices concentrating in debt management, debt resolution, and bankruptcy alternatives for consumers, small business owners, and professionals. These people are in need of help with managing their finances. Leslie has over 20 years experience in debt relief. Just last year, she decided to expand the practice beyond New York State by going franchise. We'll find out more about that in a few minutes. Her mission today is to reshape debt resolution alternatives by giving clients a supportive and reliable environment built on experience, trust, and results. Joining us on the line from New York is Leslie H. Tain. Leslie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. This is a subject, as we were, I was mentioning offline, uh, it's so core to the audience we serve on Small Business America, the brain. There are some sort of core statistics that I think are worthy of sharing and maybe unpacking a little bit about the, the, the dangers of moving into merchant cash advances. Uh, very appealing on a very short-term kind of level, but can be highly destructive. So I'll toss it to you if you want to dive in wherever you like around the, the numbers that you see. And uh, we can talk a little bit about the damage they can cause. Sure. So first and foremost is this high interest idea. I mean, you're looking at rates between 30% as high as 250%, and I think even higher in some cases. This is the highest, most usury kind of interest rate we can find on the planet. For those listening, why do business owners or even consumers choose these high interest loans? Frankly, desperation. 
The reality is that the interest rates are beyond usurious, um, but they aren't really considered that because they are not bound by the same laws as conventional financing. But the reality of the merchant and the business owner is that they take these out of desperation. They either have no credit, limited credit, limited cash flow. They think that this short-term solution to an underlying issue is going to resolve itself and they they really, they can't get conventional funding through a regular bank SBA loans or other type of business funding take a long time sometimes the merchant and or the business owner needs money quickly so this is a fast way to get money um but the, it's a really easy trap and uh, we see more and more business owners who fall into this situation because conventional funding or obtaining conventional funding these days for business related issues isn't so easy to get so we we do see uh, a large number of them, and we do see uh, a lot of uh, problems related to it. it. It does open more of a can of worms than itself. Yeah. Leslie, I know that many of the, we'll call them the regulated banking system, tend to have lists of industries to whom they will not lend to. Is that part of what's fueling this fire? Not necessarily. It's it's not that they won't lend to necessarily a particular industry. Some industries are more difficult to receive funding, and therefore there are higher risk industries. But there are also ways in those industries to get money that are uh, different from a merchant cash account. So whether it's uh, factoring or whether it's uh, loans against inventory or future inventory, there are ways in, in certain businesses that have riskier uh, lending practices or, or lending statistics to get funding. These merchant cash accounts, I find, are the small business owner. I'm finding the uh, the dry cleaner. I'm finding the mm, um, yeah. uh, somebody came through with a marketing company. Yeah. So I'm finding the small business owner, not the large business owner with lots and lots of um, cash flow and they're just jammed on one particular issue. Right. You know, somebody with cash flow has options. Somebody with limited cash flow, limited credit, limited history is going to have less options and therefore that's why this particular type of lending becomes so attractive. And it's easy to get. And frankly, you, you know, you're searching online and that's where everybody goes first. Right. You go online, you say, what options do I have for lending? And these things pop up. And get fast, get uh, cash fast. There's very limited background checks that they're looking into. Yeah. Uh, maybe you have low credit, uh, your business is new, and you're not going to qualify for a traditional bank loan. You don't have enough assets to provide as collateral. Um, you're seeking financing on a short-term basis, and you want a flexible repayment term. You know, years ago, back in the day, everybody had a bank. And when I first started my business, it was advised me to create a relationship with a bank, because if I ever needed money, I would have to go to that bank. Right. That's no longer the case. That's not the advice that you would give people who are starting businesses today. Go establish a relationship with the bank. Because people don't have relationships with banks like they had 20 years ago or longer. So there is has to be another way to get money. And again, frankly, SBA loans and conventional funding is not an overnight process. And many people who are in this position need cash right away. Yeah, it's this emergency or urgency of the need of cash. Baked into this merchant cash advance model, you have to take credit cards. Isn't that sort of looped into all of this, the mechanics of how they get the loans repaid? If one were to venture into that uh, horrible trap? 
Well, that is one way. Yes, they they tie the money into um, your merchant your merchant account where they can pull the money directly out of your day to day sales. Okay. That's why I said you know we see the dry cleaner, we see the people who have day to day sales with it, right. but they also can tie it into your receivables. So they can tie it to a bank account. So, um, but you know, obviously their their goal is to take their money as quickly as possible and as often as possible, and it's normally uh, on a day to day basis. So they're pulling it out of that merchant merchant credit account. Yeah, they're sucking cash out of the business. And uh, yeah, and now, now as an attorney by trade, how does your firm fit into this ecosystem of merchant cash advances and advisory? What's maybe this is a good time to sort of cross into your new business model, which is this franchise that focuses on all of this. How do you show up in this space? So the, my, my law practice concentrates in the area of consumer and business debt resolution, alternatives to bankruptcy, and managing cash flow and preserving assets. Mm. So what we do for uh, individuals and business owners is we help them resolve cash flow issues. Uh, the cash flow is tight, so therefore you've used loans or you've used credit cards to get through your day-to-day life or your day-to-day business life, and you're a little jammed. So either those balances are not going down or you're having difficulty paying them. So we come into the process where we help them make really good, smart decisions. We come up with a strategy for repaying and managing and negotiating resolutions with the original creditors and with uh, subsequent creditors of those banks. And we create a very successful strategy to, to resolve that. What we see and the reason why I'm pushed into this merchant cash advance situation now is that my more and more clients are being referred to me or coming to me where they can't pay their bills because they have a merchant cash advance that's sucking, like you said, sucking the money out of their day-to-day receivables, yeah. and therefore they don't have the requisite funds to pay their credit card. They Now they can't pay their rent. They can't pay their partners. They can't take salary out. So if they can't pull salary out, they can't pay their personal expenses. So it becomes this windfall of issues. And we do not file bankruptcy in my firm. So we're a bankruptcy alternative law firm. That means that we're not pushing people into bankruptcy. We want to keep them away from that, especially business owners. We're trying to keep them away from that arena. So they come to see me about how am I going to resolve this issue now? What am I going to do about this problem? Mm. So we came up with this franchising model, and that's sort of separate from this, is that our model is very successful here at the Tain Law Group, and we have multiple offices in Manhattan and Westchester on Long Island, and with that, we are getting referred to a lot of clients around the country. So so with, uh, we have clients in, uh, our next step is South Florida. So we're going to open a couple of offices in South Florida. And we put together a franchising model for business owners and people who are like-minded who want to help consumers and business people and want an established business like this to open up in different areas. We'd love offices in other states like Jersey and Massachusetts and all over the country. We'd love to open up some additional offices. So obviously me as an individual and my uh, staff can't be in all places at all times. So the franchising model really made sense and we put together a terrific program to uh, create a business opportunity for somebody who uh, has a like-minded concept. Excellent. We're visiting with Leslie H. Tain. The website www.tain.com TainLaw.com. It's T-A-Y-N-E Law.com. Leslie, when, you, when you're advising or working with these small businesses, part of the equation may be their business model itself. I mean, do you find, that's a question. Do you find that that is the case where you need to actually look at the core way that cash would flow 
whether they had this cash advance program or not? Yes, it's one of the pieces of the puzzle that we look at in a, in a business scenario is, it's the same, truthfully, it's the same thing in somebody's personal life. Yeah. How is the cash flow coming into your business or your home, and, and where is it being allocated? How is it being allocated? What's the strategy for short and long-term payments? Yeah. What are your expenses? Are there ways to cut those expenses? Are there ways to manage them more effectively? Remember, you know, when you are a small business owner, you may have a couple of partners. Not everyone's necessarily on the same page. You're you're really good at what you do, but maybe the cash flow got a little tight. And when cash flow gets tight, it becomes difficult or more complicated to decide where the money should go. And that's where we come in. We, you know, we take a definitely a bird's eye view of what's happening short, long term in the business, in their personal life. How much money do you need to draw from that business to live in your personal life? Yeah. Are you running expenses through your business? Do you have partners or investors that are you know, breathing down your neck and, and want answers and have questions and want to know where the money is going? And, you know, you really want to be making smart decisions here. And the smartest decision you can make is to seek some outside counsel to help you look at the, really the broad picture here of what's happening in your business and personal life. They are tied together. Yeah, yeah. It's a 360 view. They're integrated, particularly with the small business, the solopreneur, the small business owner, the dry cleaners is the example we keep coming up with. Small cafes, restaurant business, very difficult to manage cash in a lot of places where cash can leak out in terms of uh, perishables and so forth. And it's unpredictable. The yeah. reality of business today is that it's unpredictable. Years ago, and that's why these uh, loans become more prevalent, because mm. back in the day, business was more predictable. So it was easier to get a loan because a bank would come in and look at your receivables and it was pretty predictable. Yeah. Today, cash flow is unpredictable. Think about my business owners who are doctors and lawyers and accountants. It's completely unpredictable how the money is coming in, when the money is coming in. Sure. It's unpredictable, certainly in the restaurant business, for sure, it's unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't know what your expenses are. You don't know whether your uh, suppliers are going to demand money sooner rather than later. They're going to change their terms. I have clients that run into those situations and more COD. People don't want to take things on credit now, or let's say you do take things on credit as a merchant, and it takes, you have one particular uh, supplier who doesn't pay you on time, and all of a sudden that throws everything off. All it takes is one piece of the puzzle to be off slightly, yeah. and all of a sudden business changes. Yeah, that's a really cool way to days late. I love that visual, the, the puzzle. One little piece out of line, and it can really upset the entire ecosystem of cash moving in and out of your business. When you consult with the business owners, do you often get involved with speaking with their banker too? Do you actually act as an intermediary or a, a, a facilitator? Yes, very often we are the facilitator between them and the bank. Uh, it becomes very emotional and very hard and very yeah, stressful yeah, yeah. to deal with the with the debt-related issues. So it's much easier for somebody like myself, to, for a business owner to hire me to say, I need you, Leslie, to go in and talk to my bank because I just can't deal with what they're saying. I don't even understand what they're telling me. Why are they telling me that I have to pay by this date or else? What does that mean? What is it going to mean for my business? And I can't take the focus away from my business to manage these issues, and that's why I need you. So we are really an intermediary between the client and the third-party bank. Um, we go in 
daily to banks like Citibank, Discover, American Express, uh, Wells Fargo, everybody, Chase, and we go in and re- renegotiate the terms of agreements on a regular basis to make them more favorable, not only for my client to repay them, but, but to the bank. The bank wants to be paid, and we understand that, but my client also has a limited ability to pay, so I have to uh, encourage the bank to give my client different repayment terms, and that's where the success comes in at, at utilizing somebody with my skill set and my services, which is that I can renegotiate those terms with your creditor. In a broad sense, how is your firm paid? We get paid on a contingency, so uh, we get we earn a percentage of what we save the client when it comes to those type of we're reducing the principal balances. Yeah. We'll work on a contingency, so we come up with a budget with the client, mm-hmm. and the client uh, makes that payment to me and goes into my escrow account, and then I will pay the creditor directly. So again, that piece of the puzzle too uh, is a lot of teeth. So not only if, from my reputation and credibility of doing this over and over for many many years, but also so the reality is that I am an attorney and licensed to practice law, and the bank appreciates the fact that when I tell them I'm going to pay them and I write them a check from my escrow account, it's not going to bounce. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's a lot of credibility in your approach to them, uh, and uh, th- then projecting that out to the franchise offices you'll eventually have as you open more and help more people, more businesses, uh, really resolves this entire uh, dilemma that they find themselves in because of the urgent need for cash. No, that, and it elevates the individual individual situation, too. So instead of the individual going to the bank and saying, listen, i got a problem, bank, are you going to help me? You know, when, when you hire somebody like myself, it does elevate the seriousness of not only from the bank's perspective the problem, right. but also from the bank's perspective that that individual is seeking out assistance to resolve that problem. There's a seriousness about it at that exactly. point. There's a, exactly. A proactive, you're taking this seriously. You're, they're working with an attorney. You're an expert in the area. You've been doing this for a lot of years. You know what you're doing. And uh, yeah, it, it's comforting to them. I use the word comforting. It's not exactly the, the, the idea. I'm a, if you I'm, can attach an emotion to it, yes. Yes, if you could <laughs> Attach an emotion, which you know a lot of. We're, listen, we're humans running businesses. A couple major themes here. I mean, one is is that people don't have the time to work on this. So when they engage no. you to do this, that's when it, they're taking it seriously. They really want to write the ship and do the housekeeping that's necessary. Leslie, do you, I'm, I'm guessing you also work with credit card debtors as well. Obviously, that folds into all of this. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we, the majority of our practice is credit card because yeah, you don't get yeah. to a mar- merchant account without having credit card debt. And you don't get behind in your mortgage without having credit card debt. You don't fall behind or have difficulty. The first step, the easiest way was always as a, tr- as a traditional means of getting cash fast was going to a credit card. Right. It's the easiest, fastest way. Merchant cash advances are now uh, maybe not necessarily surpassing in the amount of debt that's out there, but surpassing the ease of getting cash, but a credit card was the traditional way. So I have clients who come to me with, with 25 credit cards, and they've borrowed from Chase four to five different ways. Right. So, you know, that does run out after a certain point in time. It's easier to pay back a credit card than a merchant cash advance because you can pay and make a minimum payment once a month, and the creditor is happy with that. Merchant cash advances are in opposition to that are not happy with it necessarily once a month. They want it daily, and they'll breathe down your neck a lot harder. They're also not as regular. Regulated uh, as a credit card bank is. But yes, credit cards are the traditional means of debt that most people have. They're really easy to get, they're really easy to use, and they're really easy to fall behind on because you forget how much you used 
and then um, the minimum payments are anywhere from two to four percent, and you know you can pay two to four percent of a hundred thousand dollars. It's much more manageable than uh, you know uh, other conventional loans. Yeah, on a short-term basis, it's more manageable, but uh, with the com- the power of compounding interest, it becomes just as onerous in the long term, doesn't it? Uh, it does. If you're going to try to pay that off with the minimum payment over the next thirty years, yes, there is <laughs> compounding interest, and yeah. you're not going to pay back a hundred grand. You're going to pay back. Uh, you know, a considerable sum more, but no right. different than uh, your mortgage and your student loans and anything else with compounding interest. You're, really... you're going to pay less than the principal balance. Exactly, exactly. It's just it's a very hard hole to crawl out of. I tend to think of the merchant cash advances back to that subject as is the payday loan for businesses. Do you think of it that way too? I would agree with you on that. And payday loans are, in, are illegal here in New York, but yes, they are very, very similar. Well, uh, unfortunately, yeah. payday loans are very easily used and abused. So people get really jammed and um, and go and look for cash. Uh, in, in ways that becomes incredibly dangerous. We have negotiated payday loans for our clients who are not uh, New York State residents, and we have negotiated those in the past. They are negotiable, and so are these merchant cash advances. Obviously, when you can't pay and they yeah. can't, there's nothing left to take, uh, there's nothing left to take. But, you, you know, you definitely don't want to be in that position. So my recommendation is ahead of time, be really proactive. If you think that that's what you're heading toward, a merchant cash advance, I would head right in the direction of an attorney like myself who can give you advice. You know, pay for a consultation. You know, don't be penny wise and pound foolish and find out other alternatives to, to help my business uh, rather than doing this. The problem comes, and it's the same with credit card debt, is that once you get into a situation where you're going to start looking for these type of loans or payday loans, merchant cash advances, that you are falling into a dark hole, and you know, your dif- the difficulty of coming out of that, you know, it becomes an abyss and it spirals, and you are not so willing and able, because emotionally you're drained, to talk about these issues with somebody. So you think you have an answer, I'll just do this, because yeah. then that money will come in. It's a dark place to be, but I would really encourage those that are even thinking that or having difficulty with cash flow in any way, shape, or form, or think they might have difficulty in the upcoming months because somebody tipped you off that they're not going to pay you on time, to seek out the help ahead of time. The most common comment that I get from people is, I wish I knew you nine months ago yeah, or yeah. a year ago. Yep, yep, yep. Tain Law is the website. That's T-A-Y-N-E-L-A-W.com. Leslie Tain, attorney. Uh, Leslie, I just want to wind this up with sort of the, the, the solution side of all of this. There are uh, at least five alternative ways that businesses can look uh, to uh, bring capital in and help to resolve these problems, uh, maybe once they've put out the fire with the merchant cash advances that they may find themselves in. And these are some that you recommend. They're widely known to some, but maybe not everyone. So it, I thought it would be uh, helpful to unpack these. I'm just going to say the name of, of the, the sort of the loan type, and then if you could unpack it just briefly, and then uh, we'll wind from there. Sure. So uh, private investment loans. This is private capital, right? Yeah, no doubt. There's lots of uh, there's crowdfunding. There's lots of options there. You have an interesting business problem product or otherwise, uh, definitely go online and take a look at non-bank you know, lending. Uh, there, there's lots of uh, opportunities out there. And that's a space that has opened up quite a bit. Uh, I, I just know from being in the flow of things, I had some exposure to the capital markets. And, and there are small private investors that look for good deals across different industries. And there's a lot of opportunities there, non-bank lenders, as you say. SBA loans. So SBA loans are, um, you know, an ideal type of financing because they offer businesses low rates, especially uh, minority-owned businesses, great opportunities. 
but they are not quick. So in, in, uh, in opposition to a merchant account where you're looking for cash quickly, an SBA loan is not going to be quick, but it does uh, offer you some, some opportunities. Um, you know, it's a government-backed type of loan, so they're going to require a lot of documentation, again, in opposition to a, a merchant account, which requires nothing. But, th- you know, it's out there, and it's something to consider. It's not the solution for a quick fix, for sure. It can take time, uh, but the loans are guaranteed. Asset-based loans, these are for companies that may have assets that, uh, that can be um, collateralized, right? Yep, those are great for businesses that don't have uh, inventory, things like that, some, some assets of the business that um, can be financed. Again, it takes a little bit of time to get those loans, um, but, but it is an option. Inventory loans, you know, th- those things are out there. Again, the, the mindset of somebody looking for a merchant cash account is not in the mindset of, uh, of this asset base. Normally, those right. businesses that don't have assets, and there's a lot of businesses that don't have assets. Like we said, the, we call it to come back to the dry cleaner. Usually that's, uh, you know, just a storefront and they're outsourcing the, the actual dry cleaning piece. Lots of small businesses don't have assets. Right. If you're asset light, it's not going to work. Invoice factoring is fascinating. It's, it's also expensive money, but it can work, right? It can, certainly. Yep. Doubt it can work. So if you have a lot of invoices that are unpaid, uh, it's something to consider. And then finally, equipment leasing. So, I mean, a lot of these solutions, too, are once you've done your work to unravel the mess and sort of right the ship, uh, these seem to be sort of the forward going so that a, a business owner can bring capital into their business without getting into trouble, so to speak. They're forward going from after you've had a problem, but they're also forward going from the get-go. So if you're a new business, you're an entrepreneur, mm, my recommendation is to try to get lines on these things ahead of time. Get out that SBA loan. Don't put yourself in a position where you're, you're scrambling to find the money. Yeah. Put yourself in a position where the funding is already there and available to you to buy when you get into a situation, but don't take the money unless you have the some sort of ability to repay. You know, buy now, pay later is not a uh, great concept to, to running a business unless you want to run it into the ground. Leslie H. Tain, great stuff. Thanks so much for sharing your experience, your insights about how to uh, stay out of trouble with Merchant Cash Advances. The website, TainLaw.com, T-A-Y-N-E, Law. Leslie, thanks so much for joining us on the program. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks for joining us on our journey into the small biz brain. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, and please do give us a review there. You can contact me at podcastandradio.com. I'm David Wolf. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.